Welcome to the Highlight Reel. It's your boy Lalo. Thank you for joining me. The head honcho of the rancho got a brand new review for you today. And today I'm going to talk about this past week's Smackdown. Which I gotta say y'all. This was actually a very solid show. Not great. Not perfect. But decent. A very decent show, man. The show opened up with a recap of the previous SmackDown, kind of hyping up the Baron Corbin, Roman Reigns feud they have going on. Um, I gotta say, SmackDown has the best opener in pro wrestling. I mean, the best intro in all of professional wrestling, if I'm being honest with you. I mean, they, they come on, they got the ACDC tune, man, jiving. You know what I mean? To max volume, that opening package, and then the pyro goes off. It, it really makes you feel like you're about to watch something special. Like you're about to watch something very fun. Are you ready for a good time? Yes, I am. And you, unfortunately, SmackDown usually isn't that great to warrant this awesome opening that, in my opinion, is the best opening in all of professional wrestling across the board, really. Um, but this SmackDown was decent, man. Um, King Corbin. King Corbin comes out to the ring. And he's got that, you know, obnoxious King entrance. You know, with the kind of King themes, King of the Ring theme song meshed with his with his uh, Baron Corbin classic Lone Wolf theme, you know. And uh, I dig it. I actually dig it. You know, a lot of people don't. But I do. I think it's really cool, man. I think it's smooth. I like how it transitions into the guitars flaring as King Corbin comes out on a throne with dudes carrying him out to the ring, his royal subjects. And I actually liked it, man. I, you know, I, maybe I'm losing my mind because I haven't been getting much sleep lately, but I'm actually feeling King Corbin, man. I really am. This dude, you know, King Corbin, he gets a lot of flack. But he was actually very good in NXT, if y'all could remember back then. You know, he has one of the best finishers in all of WWE, really. He has one of the best finishers. He's, he's a very solid worker in the ring. He's not bad at all. It's just the way he's been booked. You know, him coming out looking like an Applebee's waitress. You know what I mean? Um, but he's good, man. He's solid. And Corbin was in the ring just ripping into Roman Reigns. Claims that Roman is a shell of his former self and, and announces that he is now, which has been confirmed, he is now the captain of the SmackDown team at Survivor Series. You know, um, Dolph Ziggler and Bobby Roode are in tow at ringside providing support. The crowd is is giving a smorgasbord of booze. It's raining booze in Philadelphia. And, um, you know... Say what you want about Baron Corbin, but the man is over. He is a bona fide heel. Probably the best, the biggest heel WWE has right now. I, I surmise to believe. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. Your listeners, you know, chime in. Let me know what you think. Um, you can find me at Instagram. Just look up Lalo Highlight Reel on Instagram. I'm there. Um, still working out the kinks on that on that page. But give me some feedback. I I really think that. Baron Corbin is WWE's strongest heel right now. He he really is. I mean, he was he was it was raining booze. Um, you know, I don't think um, Bobby Roode and Dolph Ziggler needed to be out there, but I guess they were just out there because they had an opening match anyway. Um, so they were there to provide that extra support. Um, King Corbin invited Roman Reigns out to the ring, 
And he said, you know, do y'all want to see the big dog? And Roman Reigns' music hits. And we see, uh, you know, his graphic, the big dog graphic. It starts barking and it sounds like a little chihuahua, a little toy dog barking, man. And a, and a, dog, mascot, uh, a dog mascot comes out. Very cheap looking. <laughs> like they just, um, I don't know, they, they got that mascot from Walmart. He comes out, man, with a little toy dog barking. I, You know, I thought this was great. I thought this was great, man. Call me what you will. Like I said, maybe I'm losing my damn mind because I haven't been getting any sleep lately. But I thought this was great. I thought this was very entertaining. I thought um, for sure that uh, Mascot was going to eat a spear later on. But he didn't. He just came out. Um, the dog bowed to the king and and gyrated and and you know it was it was really humiliating i wonder how much that guy whoever it was <laughs> in that dog mascot i wonder how much he got paid for this segment it'd be interesting to know because he really uh <laughs> that was really uh degrading really kind of you know it, it was embarrassing but nonetheless we had the match with dolph ziggler and glorious himself robert rude Taking on Shorty G and Mustafa Ali. Now Ali really shined in this match, man. He's he's a, a phenomenal young athlete. You know, he did a super kick and a, a dope X Factor move. Um, you know where he he does like a little somersault through the rope, jumps up and does the the X Factor. Um, it was really cool. At one point, Dolph was going for the Sweet Chin music himself. Well, the super kick, you know, but it really is Sweet Chin music-esque. He actually, you know, tunes up the band in the corner. He went for the super kick, but Ali is actually way too fast for Dolph Ziggler. And he hit him with it first, his own super kick. I thought that was a really cool spot. You seldom ever find a dude that's quicker than Dolph Ziggler. I mean, Dolph Ziggler has always been a phenomenal athlete. Uh, one of the unsung heroes of the mid-card in WWE that kind of never got his shot, man. I know he was the champ at one point, a long time ago, and nobody really remembers that. So that kind of shows you what that championship reign was all about, which was nothing. But nonetheless, this match was actually very good. Shorty G even got in some pretty good offense, showing his technical prowess, doing some good chain wrestling moves, taking down his foes. He did a sick German suplex, which, which actually set up the finish of the match, because then Ali hit that phenomenal 450 splash right after uh, Shorty G did that Greco-Roman German suplex. Really good stuff. Team SmackDown now consists of King Corbin, the captain of the team, Ali, Shorty G, and Braun Strowman. There was actually a little kid with a push EC3 sign in the crowd. <laughs> right behind the announcer's table too. I thought that that actually kind of got a chuckle out of me. That was funny. Um, where is EC3 y'all? Where? I mean I, I, they might as well put his image on a milk carton missing. Call 1-800 where the hell is EC3. To let us know if you've seen the cat. He might be posing uh, with some mannequins at a shopping mall <laughs> or something. Um, nonetheless, Firefly Funhouse kicks off. This was nothing more than to introduce the brand new Universal Championship, which really, quote unquote, new. It's really not new. All it is is just the Universal title except blue and now has the, uh, the Fiend side plates. Which is kind of cool. I mean, the Fiend in gold side plates. You know, his sick mask. You know, um, 
that's really it though nothing much to write home about this segment it's just introducing the new title man um nothing really um to remark it was funny cole michael cole said how ironic is uh the fact that philly's biggest hero is fictional you know alluding to rocky balboa and Corey graves said you talking about rocky or meek mill <laughs> i got a chuckle out of me as well Corey graves is a very good color commentator he actually he actually has his own podcast now as well um wwe seems to be trying to capitalize on this podcast craze going on um so you know Corey graves after the bell check it out on spotify i i listened to it already myself it, it wasn't you know it wasn't uh, unfiltered like they advertise you know i mean you could tell that Corey graves is still holding back trying to you know provide this illusion that he's pulling no punches no strings attached that he's he's talking that shit like me you know I, I'm, I'm literally just speaking my mind here um but you know Corey graves he's he's a part he's part of the corporate machine man he has some criteria to meet to meet you know so i, I wouldn't expect some hard-hitting um conversations to go down on after the bell but it's it's interesting to see nonetheless because you know Corey graves is very good he is very talented all, all things considered Next up, we had the B team taking on. Um, oh no, no, it was a, a B team out there with Braun Strowman. They were cutting a promo because you know Strowman and um, Tyson Fury continued uh, to pummel them last week on SmackDown in a tag match. It was a squash, you know. John Strowman to shine in for Tyson Fury to get his last WWE paycheck. I'm assuming, although I I don't know that this. I really don't think this is the last we've seen of Tyson Fury in WWE, but only only time will tell. But Drew Gulak, who is a phenomenal wrestler himself, claims he would save Team SmackDown if he replaces Braun. And Braun Strowman humbles him by squeezing his hand as hard as he could, twisting his wrist, bringing him down to his knees. B-Team attempt to jump Braun, <laughs> which got another chuckle out of me. Very entertaining show thus far, by the way. Um, it doesn't end well for the B-Team. Braun Strowman just absolutely demolishes the B-Team in mere seconds, you know, um, to be expected. Um, it was a good spot for Braun Strowman showing off his strength, his sheer size, his tenacity. Uh, we'll see what happens at Survivor Series. Perhaps we may see some shenanigans with B-Team while Braun Strowman is on Team SmackDown. Who knows? We had a backstage interview with The New Day hyping up their tag team championship bout coming up next uh or coming up later i should say um with the revival you know xavier woods is out he's mia missing in action due to an injury but Big E, one of my all-time faves by the way biggie is phenomenal <laughs> i really think he should he should be he should have been champ already at some point um but nonetheless i'm, I'm still hoping for a Big E heel turn at some point and have him you know win the big one because the dude's a tank Big E is a tank you know they got him gyrating and doing this silly shit but in reality Big E could smash like half the roster if he really wanted to come on the guy is a tank and he's hilarious his charisma is dripping I mean Big E is just great he is great he is gold I I, I don't think they're using him appropriately I think honestly the New Day's act in my humble opinion has run its course a very long time ago it's run its course man um new day should definitely disband by now 
have them all go their separate rate ways i would have loved to see biggie turn on kofi during kofi mania you know setting up a big rivalry with them one for the ages but it never happened but that's that unfortunately um that never happened but backstage new day hyping up their tag title bow they said xavier woods is always here and here in spirit and they will defend the titles tonight in his honor we had another backstage segment with Sami Zayn and Shinsuke Nakamura. They were addressing Daniel Bryan, um, you know, calling back to last week's episode where D. Bry was attacked by the Fiend and um, Sami Zayn ran away in haste while Daniel Bryan got that mandible claw. Um, you know, they basically um, invited Daniel Bryan to join their little their little clique yeah I, I don't want to call them a faction it's a duo right now and I guess they want to form a faction and you know they were hoping to get Daniel Bryan's services and Daniel Bryan um he refused he refused he said I don't need you guys you need me but I don't need you and I loved uh Shinsuke Nakamura's facial expression here when Daniel Bryan says he doesn't need them that was priceless right there. I love that. Shinsuke's great. Um, you know, he, he really is. He's another talent that's one of my all-time faves in WWE. He's great. Um, nonetheless, um, you know, Braun Strowman made a cameo appearance at the end of the segment. You know, um, Daniel Bryan said, maybe y'all should hit up Braun Strowman for his services. Maybe he'll join your little clique. And, um, you know, they basically uh, talked that shit, man, and put down Braun, said he's not an artist like us. He doesn't have finesse. He's just a big muscle head with, you know, in their own words, you know, that, that's just my description of it. But in their own words, that's what they basically said. Braun Strowman was off in the distance. He walked up on them, you know, with a mean looking face. He had, looked like he had the sun in his face. And of course, Sammy was intimidated. Shinsuke was kind of indifferent, though. It, it, Shinsuke was gold in this whole in this whole backstage segment. I loved it. Shinsuke was like mean mugging Braun, you know, like he wanted them hands. He wanted that smoke. And Sammy quit quickly uh you know restrained him and said come on let's let's go shinsuke let's go it was it was good it was good this has been a good show so far i gotta say and speaking of good show the tag team championship bout kicks off with new day and the revival um the revival are easily one of the best tag teams in the world the revival are the epitome of a tag team they, they're just so seamless in the ring they're so fluid in the ring that they don't do nothing spectacular y'all the revival they don't do all these crazy high spots a la young bucks no super kick parties no flippy shit running around and throwing themselves all over the place they just do fundamentals and they do it goddamn well the revival they are the epitome of a tag team in the encyclopedia under the tag team definition the Revival's picture ought to be right there because they are the epitome of a tag team. This is tag team wrestling. Whenever you see Revival in the ring, that's when you know you're watching a true tag team do their thing. And and this was, um, you know, this wasn't uh, a five-star classic match, but it was decent. It was solid. The Revival worked over the new day. Um, Kofi got some spots in. Biggie, the powerhouse, got his spots in. But um, the match ended before it could really get hotter because the nxt invasion angle continued here with undisputed era doing a run-in now um you know they laid everyone to waste 
Um, but the SmackDown locker room cleaned house. They ran out there to show them, you're on our turf, son. This is the blue brand. Y'all are, y'all are the golden, y'all are the golden brand. This is the blue brand. You're in our house. And they ran the, the Undisputed Era out the ring. Undisputed Era escaped out of the crowd. And one interesting thing is the camera panned in on Adam Cole and he said, we run WWE. So that was cool, man. That was a very nice touch. I like that. And that was that. So Heavy Machinery, they get some action in tonight. I got to say, they, they they faced off some jobbers, man. But I got to say, Heavy Machinery, they're another one of my favorite tag teams right now. You know, and a lot of people um, kind of throw shade on Otis over his Caterpillar move. I, I think it's dope. I love that Caterpillar bionic elbow drop. I think it's super funny. It's super throwback and super classic. I mean, these guys, they should be tag champs as well. I, I love Heavy Machinery. They're one of the brightest spots on SmackDown right now, in my humble opinion. And they did their job, man. They smashed these jobbers. Um, clean win, squash. They had a good time, man. You heard them talking that shit in the ring, you know. Um, and that was that. Heavy Machinery gets some time to shine in the spotlight. But, but nothing to write home about. But I'm very happy to see them nonetheless. Bailey and Sasha are backstage in an interview segment with Kayla Braxton. And this is just more uh, uh, continuing to build to Survivor Series. Bailey is ripping on Nikki Cross. She wants to crush Nikki's dreams. And Sasha Banks says, you know what? I'm not going to jump in tonight. I'm going to let you lay the smackdown on Nikki Cross, you know, one-on-one, um, -on -one, right down the middle in that squared circle. So... Nikki Cross versus Bailey. We come back from commercial break. This is the match right here. Hot match. You know, Nikki, I got to say, I don't understand her gimmick, man. I, I don't understand Nikki Cross's gimmick. I don't know what they're going for with her. She's like a, you know, she really reminds me of a female equivalent to OG Heidenreich. If y'all remember, if anybody remembers Heidenreich from back in the day or even Gene Snitsky. If anybody, if any of my listeners can can go that far back, if y'all remember Gene Snitsky and Heidenreich, that's what Nikki Cross kind of gives me vibes of. She really reminds me of a female version of, of a Gene Snitsky or Heidenreich-esque kind of vibe. That's the vibes I get from her. But nonetheless, one thing I want to point out though, Nikki made her, her entrance actually... They were um, coming back from commercial break while she was out in the ring waiting on her opponent. And then we seen a long ad for WrestleMania next year in April in Tampa, Florida, uh, hyping that up. And then we seen a recap of earlier um, and then further hype for next week's SmackDown. I gotta say, that's mad disrespectful. You know, like there's a wrestler out there in the ring waiting, you know, to do her business and they're over here pumping out ads, man, and, and hyping up another show. Like, I, I think that's, you know, that's one of the first major flaws of this show so far in what's otherwise been a good show. I think that was, it was a, a nuisance. It was a nuisance. It wasn't good for Nikki Cross. I, I wonder how she felt kind of just waiting out there in the ring while they do all this promo stuff. You know, I, 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 I kind of imagine her just sitting right there, you know, on the ropes, you know, sitting in one of the corners. 
a la Raven back in the day. If y'all remember Raven, how he used to sit down in one of the corners, man, and just, you know, nonchalant, looking indifferent. That's how I am. That's what I would do. If, if I was Nikki Cross or any wrestler and, and they're doing all those promos while I'm in the ring waiting so, you know, I mean, and Nikki Cross, she has an energy about her. Like, she drinks, like, three Red Bulls before going out there. Like, she has so much energy. She's so alive, so vibrant. I, I, I mean, I, I still don't understand her gimmick, though, quite yet what they're going for. But she, nonetheless, she has a lot of energy. So I can only imagine, man, this girl is blowing up, right? She's ready to fight. She's ready to get in some action. She's hyped up. Her adrenaline rush is going and they're over there advertising WrestleMania and, and next week SmackDown and a recap of earlier. Like, come on, man. This is this is the problem with WWE. This is what makes their shows feel so minuscule. You know what I'm saying? Like, because, you know, they're telling me that this match I'm about to watch doesn't really matter. That's that's basically how I feel when they're doing this kind of doing this kind of thing. Like, what I'm about to watch is insignificant, is minuscule, and it don't really matter. So they got to change that. I don't know. I understand their occasion. They have a lot of things they need to promote. But they got to find time, man. Because that's... Um, nonetheless, Bailey finally makes her way to the ring. Um, she comes out. The women's champ. She's got that new swag about her. Dark Bailey. I like it. I dig it. You know, um, Bailey. She's, she's not, you know, she's not one of the prettiest girls <laughs> in wrestling. But she's in hella shape. I mean, Bailey is in phenomenal shape. I gotta say that. I mean, just her body is right. You know what I'm saying? Her body is right. She be getting it at the gym, boy. Um, so, nonetheless, man, um, you know, the match kind of, again, once again, the match kind of ended before it could ever really begin as the NXT invasion angle, angle continues. We have cameo appearances from Shayna Baszler, scary woman. Rhea Ripley, another scary woman. Tiga Knox, Sasha Banks comes out to even the odds, man. She, she whooped uh, while she attacks Shayna Baszler from behind, but then she's outnumbered by the rest of the NXT divas. And, and then... The SmackDown Women's Locker Room comes out. Not the entire locker room, I'm assuming, but but some of the major, you know, players in the SmackDown team. We had uh, Dana Brooke. We had Carmella. And, of course, Sasha Banks and Nikki Cross, who were already out there. And this set up an impromptu eight women's tag team match. You know, um, Rhea Ripley and, Sha and Sasha Banks really shine in this match. They're the ones that really carried this match here. You know, Sasha... Is one of the most experienced women wrestlers in the promotion. So obviously she really carried this match here with Ripley. They were tearing it up. Um, Sasha's Bay. I gotta just throw that out there. Sasha is Bay. That's that's my wife right there, y'all. Y'all didn't know. I'm I'm letting Mikaze borrow her, you know. But she's really my wife. Um, <laughs> nonetheless, you know. Um, so yeah, Sasha and Ripley really shine in this matchup. Um, Nikki Cross would end up picking up the the win. She pinned. Uh, I forgot who it was she pinned. There was a lot of action. You know, in these multi-women, multi multi-man tag matches, there's so much to cover. I forgot who she got the win over. But nonetheless, Nikki Cross, she picked up the victory. And this is uh, more hype for, for Survivor Series. There was a post-match brawl as the NXT ladies leave out through the crowd to close the segment. Miz TV. Miz TV. Now, you know, the Miz is the kind of guy that I hated 
when he first started out. I hated him. I thought he was obnoxious. I didn't see anything special in him. And then I grown to love him over the years. And I mean, I mean, really, he became one of my favorites for, for a short period of time. But I, I think when he turned face for that Shane McMahon, uh, uh, you know, angle that they did with him and Shane McMahon, I thought that was the wrong direction. You know, some guys, they're just born to play the bad guy. You know, guys like Orton, guys like Triple H, you know, um, I think The Miz, he's in that category as well. The Miz is just born to play the bad guy. I don't want to see The Miz as a face. I don't want to see him trying to pop the crowd on the on Miz TV. So I, I, I really was not looking forward to this segment, but nonetheless, he welcomed Daniel Bryan. Um, he was pressing Daniel Bryan about the Bray Wyatt assault last week, the Fiend assault last week. And D Daniel Bryan is noticeably quiet. He's giving him the silent treatment. The Miz continues to press him, press him. He says, my theory is that the Fiend thinks you are washed up and he wants to end you, Daniel. And then Daniel Bryan suddenly speaks up. He says, the reason I was quiet is because Miz TV sucks. It always has. And I, I, I kind of have to agree with D. Bry. <laughs> I really do. I kind of have to agree with him. Um, Daniel Bryan, man, he claims he's unstable in the mind, but he's passionate. And when you mix the two, instability and passion, you get someone like The Fiend. So Daniel Bryan basically saying he could go toe-to-toe -to -toe with The Fiend on any given week. Because he's just as unstable. Except he's also passionate. The Miz interrupts. Uh, attempts to interrupt Daniel Bryan But he cuts him off And then Bray interrupts them both With a Firefly Funhouse address Bray claims that the Fiend remembers What Daniel Bryan did Now that's interesting That's interesting to me Because I'm wondering if they're trying to call back To their old rivalry they had You know, several years ago um, This was like I, I believe this was like during the Eve or during the dawning of the Yes movement, you know, I remember when um, Daniel Bryan and, and Bray Wyatt had a Hell in a Cell match, and, and it was awesome, and um, I'm wondering if this is a callback to that, or, or, or where they're going with this, but nonetheless, it's, it's intriguing to me. This is actually intriguing to me, so I'm wondering what that is. Nonetheless, Bray pulls out the Universal title, the newly designed Fiend Universal Championship out of a toy chest And he says Do you want to come play? And Bray eggs Daniel to say yes He wants to start the yes movement all over again And Daniel Bryan says no He says no And the Firefly Funhouse characters All the little puppets come out one by one Saying yes Daniel Bryan continues to say no And then ultimately Bray Wyatt Would be the one to start the yes movement Once again As he starts chanting yes Yes, yes, after Daniel Bryan says, What about you, Bray? Do you want to challenge do you want to face me? You want to defend your universal championship against me at Survivor Series? And Bray emphatically does the yes chant to close out the show. As Daniel Bryan, he looks troubled, he looks reluctant, he looks kind of unsure, kind of uneasy, walking up that rant, uh ramp to close out the show as I rant about this pretty solid show, y'all. I gotta say, this is a thumbs up for me. This is a thumbs up for me. Not not a two thumbs up. A one thumb up, we'll say. We'll, we'll say it. We'll do it like that. This is a one thumb up. Um, almost a two thumbs up. There was some things I didn't like. Like I said, the Nikki Cross thing. Um, 
You know, I, I don't even know what they're doing with her anyway. Her gimmick, her character. It's kind of like a Gene Snitsky hide and right throwback, but I'm not quite sure. Nonetheless, this show was actually very solid, man. You know, WWE gets a lot of flack for their for their stuff. I You've heard me, in fact, you know, talk down about WWE. But, you know, it's, it's very difficult to write for all these shows and pay-per-views that they have. And I gotta say, man, SmackDown was actually very solid. It's a thumb-up show. You gotta check it out if you haven't. Definitely see the highlights at the very least on WWE's YouTube channel because SmackDown was very decent this past week. So in closing, in closing, I'm, I'm definitely excited to uh, watch Survivor Series, man. I gotta say. And Survivor Series is still uh, about a week and a half, two weeks away. So there's still some more time to add a little extra season salt. You know what I'm saying? A little more time to add a little salsa to it, man. To the platter, to the entree. We'll see what they do. I, I'm very curious about what Bray Wyatt was alluding to with The Fiend Remembers. What you did, Daniel. Do you? I thought that was really cool, man. And NXT, they're just shining bright right now in this invasion angle. I, I, you know, hopefully they actually um, get some wins at Survivor Series. I, I doubt it. I, I doubt they're going to book NXT to uh, beat WWE all across the board. You know, there's several NXT versus WWE matchups at Survivor Series. This is shaping up to be a very good pay-per-view if done right, though. I'll say that. But WWE and done right is something seldom ever seen. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's seldom seen. WWE and logical booking is seldom seen. But only time will tell. I want to thank y'all for tuning in to the Highlight Reel with your boy Lalo, man. Tune in for more episodes. I will be covering more wrestling, more boxing. Um, so stick around. And keep me in your mind. I'm out. You.